Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. All three scripture readings for this weekend speak to us about prayer. Now, as I've preached before, the heart of the spiritual life is prayer. Just go in the gospel. Typical day in the life of Christ is he gets up early in the morning. He goes to a deserted place and he prays. And then after he's finished, he goes about his work, preaching, teaching, and healing. Oftentimes, people will come up to me and they'll say, you know, Father, I'm in a spiritual malaise. I feel adrift. The first question I'll ask them, do you pray every day? They'll say, no. Then I will say to them, well, maybe that's the problem. Going to the first reading for this weekend, we see Abraham. It seems like he's negotiating with God. He's actually praying to God. In the gospel, it says specifically as it opens up, Jesus is at prayer and the apostles are watching him. Then they go up to Jesus. They approach him and they say, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. See, the apostles have seen Jesus pray many times. They see how important it is in his life. Therefore, they want to be exactly like him. They want to pray also. Well, what I want to do is focus on prayer for this weekend. And I want to turn to the early church fathers, People like St. Cyril of Alexandria, St. John Chrysostom, Origen, well as St. Augustine. These early church fathers, they provide for us the four basic principles that make our prayer effective. The first principle that makes our prayer effective, pray with faith. Now you say to yourself, well, of course I have faith. That's the reason why I'm praying. Well, what I mean by this is, if you go into the Gospels, the majority of the time before Jesus heals anyone, he'll always say to the person, do you believe that I can do this? Why does he say that? Well, he's trying to draw out that person's faith in order to make it stronger. Remember the story in which Jesus goes back home to Nazareth? It says he's unable to perform many miracles there because of his lack of faith. So faith is important when we pray. So you say to yourself, well, why does God need our faith? Well, faith opens up the window of our soul. And see, that's where God plugs into us. That's where God links himself to us. And that's where God pours his grace upon us through those answered prayers. If we close the window of our soul, if we pray without faith, for example, we say, Lord, please take this illness away from me. But we have doubts. Well, then we are praying without faith. Then our window of our soul is closed. God's grace cannot penetrate our soul because that window is closed. I'll give you another great example of this. 
Several weeks ago, my classmate, a priest in Michigan, he was visiting his own parishioners in the hospital. After he had finished, he was making his way out of the hospital. A man suddenly grabbed him and said, Father, please come and anoint my wife. She had a very bad accident and is critically ill. So he went and he anointed the woman and he prayed over her. Now, as he was praying over her, he felt the power of the Holy Spirit overwhelm him, such that he then felt the power of that Holy Spirit then pass through him to the woman. After he was finished praying, he left. Now, several days later, he made his way back to the hospital once again to visit parishioners. He saw the husband of this woman in the hallway. Well, the man came up to him and he said, Father, Father, my wife, she's turned the corner. And now the doctors believe that she will make a full recovery. And he said, it's because of your prayers that this has happened. Well, this is what it's all about. Faith is a conduit to God's divine power. We need to connect to it. Go to the gospel. Notice how Jesus teaches his apostles. As he teaches them to pray, the first thing he says is, pray in this way, our Father. Now, the Aramaic word that Jesus uses here is Abba. When translated, it means Daddy. It's a term of deep affection. See, that's how we should pray. In some ways, like children, childlike, in which we know we are going to receive what we ask for. We should approach prayer like a child. Not childish, no, but childlike. You know, the openness of a child. When a child prays, there's an innocent, uh, genuine quality in which the child truly believes God is listening and that God will answer their prayer. Some people will say, why doesn't prayer work? Well, maybe because the window of our soul is closed. Maybe because we pray with a lack of faith. Therefore, the first principle of making prayer effective in our lives, pray always with faith. A second principle to make prayer effective in our life, pray with forgiveness. Jesus once said in the gospel, when we stand before the Lord in prayer, if we have any grievances against our brother, forgive them. Lest the Father in heaven forgive our grievances. Our prayer will be effective by the very measure that we are able to forgive. Therefore, we must let go of those grudges. If we harbor any grudges, we have to reconcile them. It's important. Why? Because a lack of forgiveness blocks the flow of grace entering our soul. Why? Well, think of it. God is love itself. Therefore, if we harbor opposition to others, if we harbor any grudges, that's just the opposite of love. Therefore, God's grace will be blocked. What we need to do is pray with forgiveness. Now, I'm not naive to the fact that many, many of us have felt some sort of injustice at some point in time in our life. Many of us at some point in time in our life have been hurt by others, what they've said or done to us. Those scars run deep. Many of those scars may even still hurt. We hold on to them. We feel we can't let them go. Well, if we truly feel this way, St. Thomas Aquinas tells us the best cure for this 
kneel, stand, or sit before the crucifix. When we look upon the crucifix, we see the greatest injustice that the world has ever known. Christ was innocent. He was betrayed by his own apostles, and yet he forgave them all. So must we. If we want our prayer effective, we must pray with forgiveness. A third principle to make our prayer more effective, persistence. You see this throughout sacred scripture. Great example of this is the first reading with Abraham. Now, this first reading picks up exactly where we left off last week. Remember last week, Abraham, he sees these three men approaching. They suddenly stand before him. But what we learned last week, these three men are the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, after they meet with Abraham, they make their way to Sodom and Gomorrah. They find out that bad things are happening there. They want to witness it themselves. So Abraham goes with them. Once they come to the cities, they recognize that the people there are practicing grave sin. Therefore, they decide to destroy all the people there. But Abraham intervenes. He intervenes to try and save the people. Now notice the exchange between Abraham and God. Abraham says, Lord, if I find just 50 people, 50 people that are holy and innocent, will you destroy them? Well, the Lord says, well, no. Lord, Lord, I know you are patient, but what if I find only 40 innocent and holy people? Will you destroy them? And the Lord says, no. You know, and then it goes, well, Lord, what if I find 30? What if I find 20? Lord, what if I find 10? You know, it kind of reminds you of that in the stories of TV or in the movies, the kid in the backseat of the car with the family that's driving for a long trip. And the kid keeps saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? You know, and the parents become very annoyed. Well, it seems like that's what's happening in the first reading. But what Abraham is trying to teach us is being persistent in our prayer. Look at the gospel. Here at Jesus, he specifically gives the apostles the parable about this friend who's persistent and asking for the loaves of bread in order to entertain his guests. He tells the apostles to be persistent in prayer. And so we pray, and yet our prayer isn't answered. But we should be persistent. Don't give up. Pray for weeks, months, even years. So, it begs the question, why does God make us wait? Is he not paying attention to us? Is he deaf? Does he not really care about us? Well, that question was posed to St. Augustine, and he answered in this way. God makes us wait in prayer so that our hearts are expanded enough to receive all of God's graces in that answered prayer. Now, suppose God answered all of our prayers immediately. What's the temptation? We would take them for granted, wouldn't we? And yet, sometimes God makes us wait. Weeks, months, even years. And yet, what's God doing during this whole time we're waiting? He's taking our heart and he's pulling and he's stretching our hearts so that at the appointed time when that prayer is answered, now our heart has expanded fully to receive all the graces and all the goodness of that answered prayer. And so be persistent. Don't give up. A great role model for us all, St. Monica, 
For years and years and years, she prayed for the conversion of her son, St. Augustine, and finally happened. He converted to Christianity. Then he became a priest. Then he became the Bishop of Hippo. Then he became a doctor of our church, probably one of the greatest theologians of our church. And yet it all started with prayer, the prayer of his mother for conversion. And so don't give up. Be persistent. Fourth principle, to make our prayer more effective, pray always in the name of Jesus. Just look at our Mass. Throughout our entire Mass, we are always praying in Jesus' name. Why? Because when we pray in the name of Jesus, we align our prayer to Christ, such that our prayer is also the prayer that Jesus is praying himself. We are orientating ourselves to Christ. Now, this does not mean that when we pray, we say, Oh, Lord, I pray that I may receive a new BMW. I ask this in Jesus' name. It's not going to happen. Jesus never drove a BMW. Or we say, Lord, I pray for vengeance against my enemies. Well, it's not going to happen. Why? Because Jesus always was a champion of peace. Instead, we pray with the right spirit, the spirit of Christ. Lord, I pray for peace in this world. I ask this in your name. Lord, I pray for the healing of this person or that person from the recovery of surgery. Well, Jesus healed people. Jesus was a promoter of peace. See, those prayers are the prayers of Christ. And that will make those prayers effective because that's exactly what Jesus is praying for. Our early church fathers saw there are basically four principles to help us to make our prayer more effective. First, pray with faith. Know that God listens to our prayers and he will answer them. Pray with forgiveness. Always keep the window of our soul open to receive God's grace. Pray with persistence. Don't give up. Just like St. Monica, pray, even if it takes years for that prayer to be answered. Finally, always pray in Jesus' name. Align our prayer with the prayer of Christ. Therefore, it will be effective. Our early church fathers saw that these principles help make our prayer effective, but mostly they help strengthen our faith. And this is exactly what Jesus wants for all of us. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.